Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Mountain West Wire here. Check us out, collegefootballnews.com backslash Wire. Jeremy Moss here, host, and as always, here's one of our daily podcasts. Actually, if you're lucky, it'll be Sunday night because this is actually an extended 30- to 40-minute conversation. We're chatting up more American stuff, P6, excellent. However, we're not just diving into it to me bash on it or my sort of 180. Oh, I get what Oresco's talking about. We are chatting with uh, momentarily over at thedailystampede.com. South Florida's uh, website for SB Nation, Chalk- talking, not chalking, talking with Colin Sherwin, he was at Rhode Island for media days, having to clam bake. Very jealous of that in Newport. We chat with him about everything, about what's the deal with this, was it a good idea, was the presentation, what they wanted to do. A little bit of argument about the uh, Mountain West, who's better, or what division is better, because there's a little, um, not back and forth, but saying that one, the Mountain Division would be an underdog to the Western Division across the board, essentially, if there is some sort of matchup. We get into that about maybe not a little snob snobberish. No, we'll not say that, but confidence, which, hey, I'm confident as well. Talking about the Mountain West is with American and South Florida. We discussed scenarios for South Florida getting into a big money bowl game or not getting into one if it comes down between the Mountain West and American, which is very likely paper thin non-conference schedule for South Florida, which it stinks when you're a senior laden team, Quentin Flowers there. It's tough if you have any hiccup in the league play. So we t- talk about that. Um, again, our website, collegefootballnews.com. Our Facebook, MWC Wire. Same on Twitter. Hey, one quick note. We're doing fantasy football at our website now. So if you go over to our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash MWC Wire. I'll put that in the show notes or something. But just check out Patreon. Search MWC Wire. We're doing a fantasy football league where it's a six-team cap because we're only using the one conference, which makes sense. Um, and there are prizes involved. So we're doing a couple of leagues like uh, a $10 league. Uh, we've got a couple of leagues for that, a $20 entry league, a $50 league, even a $100 entry fee league. And what we're doing is that it's winner take all. You get to go up against myself. We have other writers on staff who are going to participate in the fantasy game. So you get prize money if you beat me and everybody else. If you get second and say I win or Matt Kennerly wins or Anna Caillou's going to be in the league as well, our San Jose State writer, if you beat them, or if you don't beat them, you get second. You still get the cash. The deal is half the money supports the website. Half the money goes to you. So you can help us out. So that's kind of our thing to have a little fun game and win a few bucks. We got a couple people signed up now, but we'd like to get these leagues going pretty soon during training camp, obviously starting a couple weeks, media days this week. So check out that, check out that again at patreon.com backslash MWC wire. But now let's get to our interview where we're going to talk some uh, mountain West versus American conference. Cause you know, that's the uh, two biggest leagues. Sorry, Max. Sorry, uh, Conference USA. Sorry, uh, Sun Belt, Fun Belt. But let's get on to the interview. We'll be chatting right now with uh, Colin Sherwin out of uh, USF and uh, the Daily Stampede. All right, now joining us to talk about this American shenanigans. That's what I call it, I guess. We've got Colin Sherwin from thedailystampede.com, Twitter, at USF Colin. So um, how you doing this morning? Hey, Jeremy. What's going on? Well, we got... Power six going on. That's what's happening. Power six this past week. 
hashtag American POW6R. Um, yeah, I have more Power 6 stuff than I can possibly... I've got golf balls, i got credentials, i got a, I got a lapel pin. Um, I have Power 6 stuff coming out of my ears. I have a, literally a power pack. I'm not kidding you. Uh, I'll, I'm a, I'll send you a picture of this thing, but this was in the gift bag. It is a gigawatt charger for your devices that says American Power on it. Get it? Power, power pack, power thing. I, I did. Did you see a person who rewarded it to F you? The, <laughs> somebody, I saw it the other day just going through and they the little to whatever the the red text is whatever team uh-huh. F you somehow. Oh jeez. <laughs> that, that's pretty funny. <laughs> but they're all they're all in on this, right? They they started last year at Mike Oresco the American Conference. That's me today's referring to Europe there in Rhode Island. Uh-huh. But it started last year it's 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 I I treat it sort of as a, as a joke. It's like not a joke, but I get their point, but saying with the decals last year, we're going to be a power league. It's like, who's really taking them seriously? But then media day comes around, it comes up again, which we all expected. Like you said, you got, I saw the lane here. Did you see the stickers? How, I don't know how many times Resco fit in P6 or power six in his presentation, which was 15 minutes, but uh, 16 times. He, 16 he said the term power six, 16 times. That was, that's uh, from my buddy, Joey Knight over at the Tampa Bay times, who was there as well. And he, he actually counted. He got 16 of them in. So if he says it enough, it comes true. Is that what he's working at? I don't know. Well, here's the thing that, you know, and I've, I mean, I made as much fun of them when the hashtag American POW six R hashtag came out. I mean, I've, I've killed them for it. Um, and I think the way that they're presenting it could definitely use some work around the edges. Um, however, they've done two things that I really like. One of them is they put together a full presentation with achievable goals and expectations for the league, not just in football, but across all sports. Um, it's a really well done presentation. It's it, it sets some benchmarks which they'll be accountable to, um, and I really liked what they did there. And they they released that a couple of months ago. And then, you know, I get up there and I, Charlie Strong's on stage, and I'm, I'm, the USF people are going back and forth. And they they got in late. They got to take an early flight out because the private plane that they were on was. Did, they had an electrical problem and they ended up having to fly a commercial. So this whole thing, and I'm like trying to coordinate all of these different things. And I end up in a scrum with Mike Oresco for about 20 minutes. Um, and you know what? He answered all of five questions because he just sort of went off. And when you hear him talk it through and say what he's trying to sell, it really does make sense. They're not saying that they're a power five league. They freely admit that, you know, they're not there. They don't have the bowl access. They're a good $30 million per school behind in media rights. So they're not saying that, but they're also saying that they're far ahead of the four conferences that below them as well. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to set the narrative that, you know, the, the American is sort of not really a group of five conference because it's, it's far ahead of that, but it's not quite to the power five either. And, and, you know, you can argue with the language, but when you get Oresco one on one, or you start talking to him in in that in a scrum, he's pretty open and upfront about that, and it it does make a lot more sense when you hear him like sort of explain what his thought process is here. Um, but it's also a little rough around the edges to just call it a power six. It, it is like after I read what you put up there, most of his comments, I'm like, okay, this makes completely sense. It's like he like you said, he agrees. We're still. 20 plus million, 30, depending on what league you're looking at, miles and light years behind. But he's a former TV guy, so he wants to pump it out how he likes to. He's like, here, let's 
we stayed enough where we could be it's kind of the state you could joke around what was the big 12 media day we were number one in bold defense i'm like okay that's like saying i'm number one for my tv show between ages 8 and 12 at 4 a.m it's like you can find number one anywhere if you want but Oresco's point like it is much more clear like they i think they did it backwards a little bit because they started mid-season last year, let's just throw this at people and see what happens. Had they had this during their March like uh, conference meetings or whatever, or even now, it would have been more um, receptible a little bit. Because, like you said, reading what he said and hearing what he said, he makes sense. They have national champions in basketball. Houston's done very well. Got a lot of publicity this past year. They some good teams. Like, Navy's always good. I like Tulsa a ton. What they do, sling the ball around. They just crush it with Philip Montgomery there. You got a Temple beat Notre Dame last year. But the way they spurg it on people, it's like, what is this? And it's, I get there's no spot at the table. But then again, I don't think they're miles ahead of the Mountain West. Because looking through, like, records who they played. And I'll ask you this about it, because I was going through, some few people pointed out, that he matched that 20-2 record. Where did he get that from? Because that's not correct at all. You know, I'm I'm not sure where he got that from. Um, a couple people did point that out, and, and I do want to follow up, but I was going to wait until next week to actually follow up and see if I can get a little more clarity on that. Um, but he did say it in that in the context, because we, what we did is we actually we took all 20 minutes of the transcript, and a few of us reporters split it up, and we all just went through, and we each took five minutes and transcribed the whole thing. So it is actually what he said, but it might have been the context of, you know, we're 22 you know, on Thursday nights against the Sun Belt, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know what the the full context, you know, it, he might have just left out some context there on the 20 and 2. Because um, looking at the numbers, obviously, that's not right. Um, maybe it was from two years ago or three years ago, possibly, I was thinking. Maybe he just transposed a year, maybe. Um, yeah, because I think last year ended up being like, because a few, a few guys pointed that to me and put a little chart together. I'm like, okay, he's like, well, did they not include BYU or Army? Because BYU beat uh, Cincinnati and East Carolina. Or you had did not include this game or X game, but even if you include those or not include those, it's it's just weird. It's like maybe you're right, maybe it is wrong here, but I'm like can't just like that. Like that does seem pretty good, but then again, you look at like wait a second, but yeah, like the the two leagues in competition for the spot are the Mountain West American, and you got more markets in American Conference. But then again, it's like the old whack days. Like I grew up in Houston, like oh we got Rice, we got University of Houston. We got SMU in Dallas, TCU. We got Colorado State. You got Utah. I'm like, well, in Houston, it's a pro team. You got Texans, Rockets, Astros, Cowboys, Texas A&M, University of Texas. Then you might get to University of Houston after Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. And right. so that's like, I get their markets, decent ones. But what can be done? Because these two leagues, I, 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 I do think they're pretty comparable. Overall, American is better at the moment. But I read something from, you probably read it too, from Barrett Sale now at CBS saying, the American gets the benefit of the doubt. I don't, it's not, it's, it's going to come off saying condescending, but I think the only team not in a power league that gets that is like Boise State because they're going to be ranked or close to being ranked this year and almost every year, despite them not winning the conference in multiple years, not even going to the division title game in multiple years, but they'll be out of the Mountain West a hot team with the most points, or maybe, I don't think they'll be ranked. South Florida clearly will be there this year. But beyond like any other team, Boise will probably be the second team despite they don't even earn it. So I don't – do you agree that the American gets the benefit of the doubt? Because they mentioned, say, say South Florida loses to whoever they play in conference play. He's like, oh, Tulsa will come up the next team no matter what. They'll be the second team in line for like that New York Six Bowl game. But I don't see that with the American at this time. 
You know, it, it's tricky because I think the, the American will get some benefit of the doubt this upcoming season, particularly with USF, who was 11-2 and last year, won a bowl game against an SEC team to finish off the sure. season, brings everybody back. Um, so, yeah, USF and, you know, in the poll, you know, I was a voter in the in the preseason poll this year, and I'm like, am I really that much of a homer? Am I that homerific? And then I realized that me and the other 29 voters all voted USF to be first in the in the East. So oh, it, was, yeah. it was a shutout. And and 22 of the 30 voters picked USF to win the league overall. Um, I, I think that they'll get the benefit of the doubt this year for that one team. I think Houston got a little bit of the benefit of the doubt last year because of the wins over Oklahoma and Louisville. Um, for the long-term health of the league, though, I think it's. I think you're right. It might be a little bit different. Boise's always going to have sort of that – they've sort of got that Gonzaga basketball at this point where, you know, they're a mid-major but not really a mid-major. You know, they're – they're a school that's going to get credit no matter what. But basically everybody else in the league, you know, I, I mean, I love Donnell Pumphrey. He was one of my favorite guys to watch last season, and I think, you know, SDSU is great. Um, but are, are they going to be sustainably good, you know, long-term, especially the kind of offense they run where they're just sort of pounding the ball into the line? Are they going to be able to be really good in the long run, be able to maintain that level of of success? You know, I, I'm, I lived in Las Vegas for a while. I'm, for, I'm familiar with Nevada and UNLV and the struggles that they're just going to inherently have in those programs because of the way education is funded in that state and, and things along those lines. Can you really build, uh, you know, around programs like that? We all know Hawaii's got, you know, money problems coming out the yin-yang. USF's playing San Jose State this year. They're a 20-point favorite already. Um, so, <laughs> you know, so I don't know if the league in the long run has the – the, the Mountain West has the sustainability. Um, what the American has built in is that Houston, USF, UCF, um, those teams are should be, you know, two out of three should be above average every year and, and flirting with the bottom of the top 25, if not even a little bit higher. Yeah, but Houston, and, I was there, they've been awful. Like, they had Andre Ware, because I was up there. They were oh. the, but they've been terrible besides the past four or five. Well, not terrible, right. but... Art Bryles brought them out of the dead. They were basically right. New Mexico State or Utah State in the 90s. They were just awful. And so it's like a San Diego State. They've been terrible forever. Brady Hope came in, did good things, and Rocky Long, so taking them above it. Who knows if it's sustainable? You'd think in both, both situations, you're in San Diego, you get the leftovers. If UCLA and USC should be fine. Houston, leftovers of whoever, you should be fine. Like These teams should win minimum seven games every year, but they haven't historically. Outside the past decade, they finally picked it up. And so... I get Houston's been good, but the same thing. New head coach with them. New head coach in Memphis now, two years in, losing Justin Fuente to Virginia Tech. It's just it's hard when coaches leave and go on. And I remember Resco saying that's it's a benefit, but also a curse when your best coach go or best coaches go to this other team for a bigger conference. But it's out of all these, only Boise's done it for twenty years. Like Houston, yeah, they have a Heisman winner. They've been bad for a while. Maybe they'll sustain it. Maybe Aztecs will. Maybe South Florida being where they're at in in the state of Florida, central Florida, but it's, it's hard to predict, but I don't know, the benefit, it just kind of irked me a bit. Benefit now. It's like, well, we're going to go to American number two just because, but if you remember last year, Boise had a loss ahead of Western Michigan, who was undefeated two years ago, two losses ahead of undefeated Marshall, but their schedule is terrible. And so I get, there's probably a few top better teams, but Utah state's won 10 games before Colorado state, air force, San Diego state, the thing is, any, any of these leagues, in my opinion, if you don't get opinion, if you don't get to a big money bowl game, you underachieve. That's the fact of it. Despite, like you had the Boise one year, Western Michigan and, and Houston beating Florida State, 
the year I think the year Houston went to the Peach Bowl, Mountain West had three 10 win teams, but nobody gave a crap. Who cares? You have 10 wins, but that's really good. Like American had teams with 10 wins last year, multiple, but they didn't. They okay, yeah, I get Houston who did very well those two wins, but nobody cared too much because it was Western Michigan going to the Cotton Bowl. That's a thing these leagues struggle with. Well, and the the issue that met, that Houston had last year was you know don't lose the Navy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you know you you win the tough ones and then you you, you drop the ones that you got to hold on. And um, I I think in terms of long term health, the Americans you know probably one through twelve a, a little bit healthier than than Mountain West is right now. But I would say you know like you said for the last twenty years, Boise State is the standard for a Group of Five school. And you know I I think maybe that that's a one elite spot and uh, look wyoming looks really good this year coming up too i mean wyoming could be huge this year uh, i'm not buying that don't, don't you're not buy buying that. okay well, well, here's what here really quick because last yeah. they lose brighton hill nfl they lose starting center to the nfl they lose their top receiver who's with the bears who's an undrafted three-year contract their defense had about six defensive touchdowns last year to help them out they'll they'll they could honestly like, I wouldn't be surprised, but I like my ceiling. You'll hear people, oh, a group of five. They're going to challenge Boise for the conference. I'll go to the Fiesta Bowl or whatever bowl the allotted to. They're scheduled. Probably the Peach this year. It's probably going to be the Peach, yeah. yeah like that. Never the Rose Bowl again. But trust yeah. me, if they get over eight wins, I'll be shocked. But just oh, wow. Josh Allen is like people, his coach is like, he's like Brett Favre just because he makes mistakes and throws stuff like that. That's the issue with him. But don't give you a forewarning. Don't project, project them to go like 11 to one or something. They're probably good in eight wins, max. That's probably pretty good to know because I, I saw their win total and I uh, their their wagering win total looked pretty strong. Um, stay away from that one. Stay away, huh? Um, yeah, so that's kind of I, I think that in the long run the the Americans probably going to be a, a little bit ahead one through twelve, but um, it, it, we, it, you know somebody came up with the thought and I I know the the Mountain West had put it out there. I think your conference commissioner put it out there said, well, let's play a challenge series where you know. Mountain West teams are playing American teams, and that'd be great. It'd be great for the, but it's sort of like the same situation where we're all having trouble scheduling Power Five teams because they can't really win that game. You know, if you know Colorado and Colorado State are are sort of joined at the hip and they have to play that game for state legislative reasons or whatever, but like Colorado doesn't want to play that game. If they win, they're supposed to win. If you know they're Pac-12 school, if they lose, that's a that's a bad loss. Um, I think the American kind of feels like they've separated themselves enough where a challenge series like that wouldn't really help them because they're sort of they're playing across you know one through twelve. They'd be playing down. And but have, but have they? I don't think they really have. There's a few teams that like. It's an arrogance on both sides. Like, well, it's, we're going to play them because, but I, I agree. Like overall, the Americans better, but is it really stepped out if you have Tulane who was four and eight playing um, UNLV or something? Or Fre- I know Fresno State was down yeah. this past year, so that's kind of a tough for them. But like Tulane versus Fresno State, is Tulane really looking to say we're better than Fresno or better than UNLV? Come on. Well, Tulane also got picked dead last by every single writer that, in the West in the West division. Point, like, Tulane's terrible. Like Tulane's a bad example because the but the, they are the bottom foot. But I would say well, that, 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 that like, Ameri- but that American West, the West division of this league. Um, I picked Houston first, but a lot of people, you know, there were people who picked Tulsa. Um, you know, there. Yeah, I think even SMU got one or two votes. The, the the West division of the American Conference, which is by far the better division of the two. Yeah. Now USF is in the East, and um, you it's know like they should have them. West out here is terrible, but they'll run through similar to USF probably. Right, exactly. And so you know, you know, USF probably has a, an easier an easier line. Um, it, 
going through the but going through that West, you know that that division's really good this year. And so I would say if you would say let's take, you know, we, I guess the Mountains the stronger of your two divisions. Yeah, um, if you play the American West against the the Mountain division on the other side, yeah, the Mountain Mountain. I'm trying to I'm trying to see a way where if you you, you line them up one through six and seed it that you know you, Utah State can probably beat Tulane. Anybody can beat Tulane. You know your your high school theme can be Tulane, um, but otherwise, I mean, I would see you know the the Americans going to be favored in five out of six of those games. Uh, I, I don't know. Have you seen New Mexico? Me- have New Mexico play Davy? That's a game you want to see, man. Just because that would be a fun game. That would be a lot of fun. But you yeah. got New Mexico Tulsa this year. That's that could be interesting too. Just the way they sling it, the op- contrasting styles. I don't. It's it probably is better, but it's New Mexico's weird too. They may lose to some random weird team just because. But then again, they beat Boise. One out of the past two years, nearly beat them like three years in a row. You may be right, but it's I still think that I don't see any being a like. Is, would there be any team like if they match them? Like you said, if it's uh like not like this, there's basketball challenges where it's team A versus team Z or whatever. They don't really care the matchups. Right. But if you put the best team like like you said one through six, one through six, it'd probably be a, not even a touchdown swing either way for either team. Probably less I, than that. And yeah, so I can't see that's an overwhelming favorite playing those divisions like that. Like say, Tulsa is going to be mad about playing Colorado State, really. Tulsa, you know, I yeah. I get yeah. any year, not just this year, but like any year. Yeah, no, yeah. Tulsa and Tulsa is actually going to be they're they're pretty good this year. They're I they're going to be as well. They're going to be a pretty good spot. They're going to be in a pretty good spot. Well, well, oh, yeah, finish up with that, then we'll kind of wrap this up here. Real quick. Yeah, well, actually, I wanted to ask you about New Mexico. I mean, I love what this this pistol triple option, whatever Bob football Stop. Bob's doing. It's Stop. it's really fun to watch. It's different. Um, do you think that's sustainable in the long? Because like I, I look in the stands at those games, and, and you know the football nerd in me can't get enough of like football Bob just like making up this offense. Like I'm going to sit at home and figure out the best way to win with a bad team. And well, yeah, Sabian State head coach have come over. That's worked great for them. Yeah, and, and it's been it's been brilliant. But like you you look in those stands and there's just nobody there. I don't and, get it. It's like last year, like they beat Boise State two years ago. Right, they, like Taron Gibson, Tyra Owens, all these guys. Like it doesn't matter. Richard McCoy, they'll they'll they average like eight yards a carry. It's insane. And so they beat them on the blue turf. And they, like I said, every year they've been in the conference, they've nearly beaten Boise State, partly because it's so unique. And so they have the game neck last year. It is a Friday night. It's at New Mexico. Nobody's there. Then they got crushed. I think a little bit was they they have some huge gloom festival in town, which is weird. But it's like I've been there once for it for something. I forget why I was there on the same weekend, but. Like, there's no hotels. It's sold out for days and months and years. It's people from around the world come there, and that's the same weekend they schedule this game. However, there's like 10,000 people in the stands. Yeah. And that's just not, I mean, that's just not good enough. You know, if you're going to be a sustainable league where, you know, your best teams, and, and, you know, Oresco mentioned this, you know, average attendance in the league was 33,000 last year. That's not great. But when you're factoring in Tulane and UConn and places that are just, you know, firebombs at this point, to still be averaging 33,000 is pretty good. Um, I went to a game at Nevada when USF played out there in 2012, I want to say it was, 12 or 13. Um, and I, you know, they seemed to draw pretty well, especially for an early season game in good weather. It seemed like they were in the 20s. But can you have a league, you know, outside of Boise that just doesn't draw you know, super well. Is that good, is that going to be an issue in the long run uh, for the league? It could be. Boise's even dropped a bit because I think people were upset because they're not. They felt we're coming to Mountain West and win. Do what, do what we did in the WAC because they brought over Nevada, Hawaii, Fresno, Utah State. We smoked them, but 
They could play TCU before. They had to play um, – now they're playing like um, Colorado State has gotten better or Wyoming. It's – I don't get to deal with New Mexico because their offense, if you watch it, like if you're a football nerd, it's like you don't know what play they're running. It's going to be the veer option. It could be the inverse veer. It could be the quarterback keeper. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. It's fun to watch. But Colorado State has a new stadium this year. They're supposed to be really good, so that will help. Just partly because they're good and people want to go to that on-campus stadium that's not 15 miles away. Maybe when UNLV and the Raiders share a stadium, Raiders are obviously coming to town. Maybe with Tony Sanchez, will get them up and coming and they'll get a good amount of people in that stance. San Diego State's interesting because the Q, they could put 40,000 people in there and it's still barely half full. So right, it doesn't, yeah. It doesn't matter. And, and they've, they've always been terrible draw anyways just because... Because it's San Diego and it's and the most beautiful too. place in the world and, yeah. and there's so much else to do. And I mean, the university... Yeah, the University of San Diego, I got a couple of friends who work out there, and, you know, that they're they're not even playing 1A football, and it seems like they almost have a little more momentum for their program than, than SDSU does sometimes. Um, yeah, and, and like, you know, I, I've been to Sam Boyd. I, I, like I said, I lived in Vegas for a while. and Rural like fans, I'll draw home fans. Wow. I mean, it's just, UNLV, 80% Badger fans. <laughs> I mean, it's so bad. It's just, And it's out in the middle of nowhere, and it's yeah. really hard to get to. And if you're on campus at UNLV, and, which is a basketball school and a commuter school, um, you know, that's just I mean, that's a tough spot. Those September games, whoa, I was there last week, 115 degrees. Oh, yeah, for sure. So let me ask you this. Let's wrap this up really quick. Um, really quick, do you care what Troy Calhoun said about a playoff, playoff, pre-playoff game? <laughs> yeah, that's a really bad idea. Um, we A playoff, playoff is just you're you're setting yourself up to always be relegated. You know, if, if there was some sort of promotion and relegation system between the Power Five and the Group of Five, fine, do it. Let's make a big thing out of it. You know, I'm a big soccer fan. You know, promotion, you know, the... Yes. The, the 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 championship game in England every year, you know, where the third place, you know, third, fourth, and fifth, fifth and sixth place teams play off, and then they have one game, you know, one team goes up and makes a hundred million dollars, and the other team stays in the league for the next year. Even the bottom There's, half, if you're getting pushed out, too, those are big games. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and six pointers at the end of the season to like, you know, to stay up. Like, there's nothing more dramatic than that, and that's awesome. But since that's not the status that we have, to just like permanently relegate yourself like that, you know, if Houston had found a way to run out last year, they, they would have had a really good case to be in the in the playoff. For sure. And they just didn't quite get enough wins, and they, they weren't able to hang on. But they put themselves in position to do that. If you have a playoff playoff, you take that away. And even so, if it's one game, maybe? Because I, I thought maybe. Even if it's one game. Even then, it's still Because, t- again, same situation. You play 16 games, and if it's an extended playoff, it's... I, my ideal is just 10 auto leagues and play it out. We're starting earlier this year. Why not start the week before Labor Day? You end the season one week earlier. You can mix it out and end, end middle of January. It's like it's a couple extra games, but only for a few teams. So it's, that's my ideal. But Bill Hancock has a stick up his butt and says, four teams is fine. Just like he said, two teams is fine in the BCS era. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, it, 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 at some point they're going to go to eight. You know, I, I just don't see how they. You know, there's too. They're leaving too much money on the table not going to eight now. Bill Hancock was actually at the the AAC media days, um, which I, I thought was interesting. Um, He's going to be at Mountain West too, as well on Tuesday. I think, yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday. and I've I met him. That you know, we had the championship here in Tampa last year, and you know, super great guy. You know, really well liked and respected. Um, but his job went, during the BCS era was to defend the BCS. Exactly. If you go back and look at his quotes, it, that was his job. And now I've his job is to defend. Many times, yeah, same thing. It's regular season, this is what we have. Yeah, and he's going to defend the four. But I think at some point the money is just going to get involved. It's going to get too big. They're going to get to eight. When they do get to eight, uh, one of those spots I think would be guaranteed for the group of five. 
which would just help, you know, maybe at that point, you think about maybe a, like a playoff playoff, if, if there is access to that bowl game, um, no matter what for a winner, maybe it's something you start to consider. But then if you do that, then, well, the Mac's going to freak out because, you know, Western Michigan was legitimately very good last year. And if they don't have, you know, if they're facing off against a Sun Belt, they're not going to get the same thing out of a game like that. So um, I don't know how you structure it. I don't know how you make it work. I Going to 16 just seems like maybe we are starting to water down the, the regular season. There and, is, you know, but there is. I would oh, sorry, but I would say with that is – Give home give home field advantage for first two rounds. Then there's something on the line, I would think. And it's like if you're Alabama number one playing 16 Troy, you get a probably fairly easy victory. And so right. there are advantages to it. it. See, I get your I get the point. Oh, regular season not as much, but it's only six spots out there really. If you think of the six extra spots, could be fought off between the power five for probably every year. Maybe one, maybe two teams from. You know, what I mean, Mountain West or American get in just a second second team from the uh, these conferences, but you give them home field advantage, you give them an easier opponent. There's benefits, and there's fighting over. I don't want to be eight or nine, or I want to be one to three because once you get to even like I said, Western Michigan, they'd be what a fourteen seed maybe. That's a tough game, but if you're the one or two seed, you're probably gonna get a pretty good victory out of it. Yeah, and it, you know, it, it it would make it fun, but like uh, if you're the Big Twelve and you end up with Western as your first-round game, that's no fun. You no, know what I mean? And, and that's, that's why you yeah. want to be number one seed and you play the Sun Belt champ, probably. Right, yeah. And, I mean, so, you know, if you're in Oklahoma and you're going into that game, that, that could that could be brutal. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine. If, it would be fun. But I, remember, this is also not about what we think is fair and fun. It's also about people need to protect their brands and i understand it because we were on the other you know, as a usf guy we were on the other side of that wall we had no incentive to play ucf every year we we sort of signed a four-year contract with them um in 2002 2003 to play four games like 04 through 07 we had to do it because the state legislator put a gun to our head well we won all four of those games and we're like we're never playing you again until we get kicked out of the power five and we're in a group of five and now we got to play them every year yeah exactly and and, and it just it Playing that game did us no good. If we lost, it was a disaster. If we won, we were supposed to win. Yeah. So one, one last thing here because we were going a little bit longer than I thought. So with the group of five champion this year, whatever you want to call it, the big money bowl game, we'll stick with that. It's clearly South Florida's to win, but we've seen their non-conference schedule. It's not it's exactly what you want to have. <laughs> I've made the argument, and you can tell me if I'm flat out wrong or just Homer or whatever you want to say, but I'd say they have to. I think you'd agree they have to go undefeated. Any loss, Most even likely. in season loss to let's just say Navy gets ranked twenty end of year, even a loss to Navy, but South Florida wins, they're still tough. Can't lose any non conference games. I've made the argument because you San Diego State, San Diego State, Boise, and Colorado State play. They play they because CSU is not going to beat Alabama clearly. San Diego State probably not going to beat Stanford. Maybe Boise State plays Washington, Washington State. All three teams will be ranked. I've made the argument that even if USF is undefeated, they might, maybe, and this could probably be a tie down to the wire, like it could have been last year. Boise went one of the conference versus Western Michigan. Those three teams with a loss against teams probably ranked top 20 or higher could get over South Florida, who's 13 to 0. Do you think that's a possibility? Say, like, CSU loses to Bama by 15 points, but they go 12 and 1, beating like 10 wins in the state, Boise State, teams like that. 
No, because he, he, the thing is, is that the polls are, you know, the polls are sort of predetermined, and USF's going to be the highest ranked group of five teams to start the year. So if they start, if they end up thirteen and zero, they're going to the Peach Bowl. The we'll polls. There's always the polls. I get that. Yeah. Like Auburn in 04. It's like they were 25th and crap. We keep winning, but USC and Oklahoma never lose. Right, exactly. So I, I think just the math of it, you know, the way that college football is structured and, and the, the unwillingness of, of committees to take chances. Um, plus, you know, at that point, USF would have beaten in the championship game a team that's going to come out of the West. And the West is really good this year. So their last data point will be, a, if they were to go 13-0, and would be a win over a, a team that – got through that gauntlet because it's a there are five legitimately good teams in that division so i i think that would be enough to get usf in no matter what it's, it's, it's just it's just it's just that one year he was just awful and behind it's different because south florida yeah conference opponents you're gonna have a pulse yeah and and the, that's gonna be the problem this year is that you know usf had a pretty good schedule last year they had fsu on the schedule next year they've got georgia tech and wisconsin they've got they've got some good schedules before they've got some good schedules upcoming and they play texas and you know they got a two for one with texas coming up they got a whole bunch of other good non-conference games coming but the problem is is that this is they're going to be their best team senior laden um just loaded on both sides of the ball this offense was fourth in the nation in efficiency last year um, they bring back a, a legit guy who could make it to New York City for the Heisman ceremony and Quentin Flowers, um, and they're just not going to be able to, to show it on the schedule. We were all dying for somebody to have, like, you know, how LSU a couple years ago needed a game late because somebody dropped them, or we were praying that something would open up like that, where we could just buy out our, our game against Stony Brook, our FCS opponent, um, and just, you know, we'll, like, we'll come to you, we'll play for free. Like, we just want to play somebody. Um but unfortunately, that's not going to happen. And Illinois is going to be your your best game at a conference, and, and they're going to be terrible this year. So, like, and and they're already nineteen and a half. And like I said, they're nineteen and a half, twenty point favorite over over San Jose already. And just flowers are good for four hundred rushing yards because the San Jose State outside of Freight and Ginda, their linebacker and a rushing defense is awful. So don't worry about that one. Yeah, chalk it up. It's like with Marshall; they had West Virginia that one year, but somehow the schedule got moved, and so they had nobody. It's like yeah, it stinks when you're like you have your great team. These guys coming back, even with the new head coach of South Florida, shouldn't be too much of an issue really going forward with who's back. And then, crap, we can't get the game. All right, let me ask you one last question here because more hypothetical because it's it's August or almost August. Uh-huh. So how would you – if let's just say who would you pick over this? Because like you said, you make a good point. For some reason, it slipped my mind. The pull factor. If they're already, say, 22 at the start of the year, 21, you just keep moving up. It's hard to – even the law or under, you know, like we said before. CSU lose to Bama, they're going to drop, or whoever you're going to drop, even though that may or you know, polls work, they're dumb. If you lose, you may not deserve to be dropped, but that happens. So what if it's an undefeated, say, because Colorado State's not going to go undefeated. We can just put them to the side. Boise State has a decent chance, because they're not confident at Washington State, or San Diego State plays Stanford and Arizona State. How would you put the undefeated in those two teams against maybe a 13 or USF, where they have, both teams have two wins over when teams are going to win their bowl game at Stanford, outside shot to win the Pac-12 North. You know, if San Diego State ends up beating a Stanford... Be tough, though. It, yeah. I, I, I mean, if they ran out 13-0, and I think that would be tough to do. I think that would be tough to leave them out. Um, you know, without Pumphrey, do they really have a shot at yeah, that? Yeah, no. Rashad Penny had over 1,000 yards last year as well, so they'll be fine. Yeah. However, they lose four offensive linemen. 
<laughs> oh, and that team just blocked everybody. They just and, hit people. And I think one or two, or at least one's in the NFL. One got drafted, I think, a second's in there. The running backs, they had plenty of depth there, but they don't have the big guys to knock around. That's what you need for Stanford. That's why that game, I'm like, there's a somewhat of a chance because defense is good, but running game should be okay, but it's not It's not going to be as good as last year, but it'll still be the probably, I don't know, New Mexico's so good, Air Force is good. It'll be one of the best ones in the Mountain West, and Richard Penny will probably have 1,400 yards, but... Pumphrey had what two thousand almost last year. Yeah, and so they'll be there. But at that game, it's like I could see them maybe winning, but it's going to be t- take like a perfect game because that line is going to get beat up. Gotcha. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll but I, I mean, it. I, close. I, it will be close. Um, I'm excited. I think you know we are what thirty four days away from football now. Um, because we open up the season week zero this year, yep. both of our conferences. Uh, I will be out there in San Jose. Um. I already booked my fl- I'm actually flying to San Diego for a few days first and then flying up to San Jose. Choice. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I I spent some time out in San Diego a few a few years ago and and it's just it's yeah. San Diego State, man. They they're living the life. I mean, they're 8 miles inland, but they're they're living the life out them there. It's pretty them and Pepperdine. Oh, Pepperdine. Jeez. Pepperdine. <laughs> it's not fair. That Pe- <laughs> 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 they should be able to recruit anybody for volleyball and basketball that they have ever well, wanted. baseball. I do um I used to work for a station for BYU baseball. We Air all the all their games. The announcers like, I don't know how you can't live here. Their baseball stadium is right on the beach. Essentially, you can hit balls, you can hit balls onto the water almost. It's that well, not that close, but close enough where you got the ocean breeze coming at you. And they say that's a legitimate reason they get maybe one or two guys who are going between com- comparable schools or even like other baseball schools like Long Beach State or schools that are a little bit better than them. They want to be at Pepperdine. Like who who can blame them? No, not at all. It makes sense to me. I'd do the same thing. I think we're good. Anything else we need to add? We've gone 30 minutes quite a bit. Oh, yeah, sounds good. Uh, thanks, Jeremy. And um, appreciate it. And uh, I will root against your conference in every game this year because we need to I get we need the money. We need that $20 million. We need that $20 million split amongst our schools. Because we? we're. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Which is fine. And, you know, maybe we come up with some sort of agreement where, you know, the, the winning school, but we start to allocate some of that money out to the other conferences as well. We, and maybe... How about this? Can we get back to the old Liberty Bowl where it's conference champ versus conference champ back in the day where it was, uh, C, was it CUSA versus Mountain West? Yeah. Can we play it yeah. not in Memphis, though? Can we play it in yeah. somewhere more fun? Because, like, uh, we're not, I mean, Memphis is a great town. Dallas? That's, oh, that's in, it's in the middle. Maybe. Dallas wouldn't be bad. The, the rumor is, is that the Americans can actually move their offices from Providence to Dallas. Um, plan bake. What's up with that, then? Yeah, exactly. That's sort of what everybody's like freaking out about. They're like, "You can't leave Providence. What? We won't have the clan bake anymore." Um, actually, I'd rather play that. You know, if we we're gonna play that game, like, doesn't San Diego need a bowl game now? Aren't they down to one? Well, because the queue's gonna be demolished soon, so that's oh. the point of it. So, who, so that's the best too. I don't know. You can ask me. I don't know. We're where San Diego. So where's San Diego State gonna play? Okay, uh, here's my best guess at the moment. There's a, yeah. trying to be bring an MLS team to town. Okay. Soccer City, which has been a big deal. Landon Donovan's always on the radio stations out there talking about it. There's a deal in place to share a stadium. Okay. Like a 30,000-seat stadium. Aztecs want more, but I'm like, well, hold your breath, guys. You guys haven't done – you need more proof of being a good team before you 45,000-seat stadium or something. That got shut down partly because there's lies on both sides, trying to buy land, sell land for higher money back to the Aztecs. It was a big mess. On the surface, sharing funds, not a big – great deal for any – trying to get a new stadium. Sure. That fell through. Soccer City is going to try to put another initiative on the ballot, I think, in November. But in the meantime, the queue is this year and next year. Petco is an option in 2019 because the owners like the Padre or like the Aztecs. Okay. However, 
they they're not against going beyond that. However, the Padres owner is like, well, you can join us, but you can't have any home games until our season's over. And, and there's a chance, like, I don't know too much about Padres baseball, but looking into it, they're not good this year, not a big deal. They're supposed to be better in a couple years, so that could be, you know, a playoff goes through October. And so yeah. there's it's helpful for 19, but 20 and beyond, I, I think something will be done by then, but that's the latest without going too nerdy and into it, but that's the latest where, like, yeah, we could have them be there, but no home game basically until October. So what about playing in Tijuana in the Cholo Stadium? I mean, it's, like, right over the border. It would be amazing. Um, Passports, everybody. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you actually would. Um, the uh, um, What was I going to say? We're sort of in the same boat over here in that the, one of those MLS expansion franchises might be the Tampa Bay Rowdies, who are currently in the USL and are one of the better teams in the league and have a, a billionaire owner who really supports downtown St. Pete. And the USF St. Pete campus is literally right across the street from that stadium. They're going to rehab the stadium that they already have, which was an old converted spring training baseball facility. They're going to build that out, make it a, a like 25 to 30,000 seat soccer stadium. And what I've said is that if USF was smart, they play one home game a year there. So if we got that, you know, it would give USF an, a one on campus game a year somewhat until they get a real stadium built on the main campus. Um, it would just be a really good spot for, you know, to, to share a soccer stadium because that's kind of where I think our league should be. It's like that's about the right size number, like right maybe in the 30. Yeah, maybe 40. Yeah. Top end. Unless you're yeah. like BYU, that's about it. You could fill 70,000 nearly. Every yeah. Time. Sure, but, but it's yeah, it's that's what I think. That was the issue. Like, well, it's not big enough. I don't know if it's expandable or not, but I think thirty might have been a tad small. I would say thirty-five is probably what you want to start with, because I think Boise Stadium, like Albertson, is like thirty-eight thousand maybe, and they get like ninety-five percent capacity nearly every week. But nothing over forty should be done unless you have like even I'm here in Utah, University of Utah. They finally started to expand it, and they're barely over forty-five thousand. They've been in Pac-12 for six years, couple BCS wins. It's they weren't selling out until like 05 after or 04 when they started with Alex Smith and everything. And even after that, they're still not, they wanted to make sure we have a decade's years worth of like 98% above capacity before we even think about expanding. And so you don't want to build too big because like, again, the queue, you could have 40,000. It looks empty. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think we're good here. So thank you, Colin, for hanging a good half hour, man. We've got soccer talk, <laughs> conference talk. Big bull talk. It's good stuff. So the Power Six, we'll see what happens. First matchup to see. So have fun in San Jose. Maybe uh, Coach Carter will do the hammer for you in the sideline if you ask nicely. I don't know if he no. would not. Did you know he was the MC Hammer crew guy? No, I had no idea. Oh, you missed it. I did a video months ago. Like he, They pulled up the sound um, during pra- spring practice to hammer. He started doing the hammer time, and he was part of MC Hammer's crew. He was on the o- I interviewed him a while ago. He was on the Oprah Winfrey show. He's at the Grammys. He's touring with MC Hammer. Crazy. Oh my god! Wow, we're gonna have to make some jokes about that for the for our season preview in a few weeks here. I made some. I'll try to find it again. But yeah, look for it. He said he's never doing it again. But he's he's a cool guy. But that was just some of the most craziest things. I see him dancing. I look into it. Yeah, he was part of Hammer's crew touring around the country. He even said he's at the Oprah Winfrey show. He's like, if Hammer can climb on a, a a large speaker, I can do it too. But he fell off the speaker climbing up or something or dancing on it. <laughs> So that, that's a that's a interesting stuff. So that's definitely something to chat about for that. But uh, thanks for hopping on again. Go check out thedailystampede.com and um, call Colin at USF Colin on Twitter. And have a good one, and we'll see you in a couple weeks, I guess. All right, Jeremy. Thanks a lot, man.
All right, once again, thank you so much for calling Sherwin out of the dailystampede.com from SB Nation, South Florida community website to blog um we used to be there too so it's good stuff good people excellent stuff chatting about the end uh aztecs and tijuana mm, probably not but you got to think outside the box for the stadium stuff but had some interesting points there saying that um due to poll reasoning if south florida is going to be ranked highest preseason which i don't think anyone could deny that that they would be ahead even if uh aztecs loses stanford or boise loses to Washington State, and you got the CSU Bama obviously lost for Rams there. Cross your fingers, maybe, you never know. That just because of being ranked higher, they would stay higher. It's, I can see his point, and this is a different team than that uh, Marshall team years ago that was undefeated. And heck, but one thing too, look at last year, Boise over Western Michigan. Undefeated, but again, poll starting point is a big deal, but then again, playoff committee um, allegedly makes their own brand new poll. It doesn't look off any of the AP or um, um, the coaches pull or anything like that, but it'll be fun. Like it kind of jokingly, we hate the American. We hate you. Yes. That's sort of true. When we play each other, we want to win, but we'll get to that. Uh, once they come around, you got the first matchup, San Jose state hosting South Florida, that August 26th week zero game Spartans. Can you keep it within the spread? 20 points. Eh, we'll see. Maybe Josh loves the quarterback. We'll see. It goes on with the running game. Frank Genda there trying to stop flowers running the ball, but Good conversation. Great for calling to hop on and join us to discuss the American, their point of view. And like we said in the interview, it makes sense that, or after hearing what Mike Oresco says, he makes a lot more sense, the compelling reasons to say why the Americans better than Mountain West, multiple national titles in basketball. Um, Houston, pretty good ranking-wise against the uh, P5. However, it's not the greatest. It is better than Mountain West, clearly, but... A P five had it here. Like I think the yeah the American versus P five is a twenty three and fifty three over the past three years, whereas Mountain West eleven and fifty four. It's 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 better because a three thirty winning percentage compared to sixteen or seventeen still not great, but it's it they they're better at the top part. But his point about saying oh the that one division the West to be or saying that if you do a challenge it'd be a looking down upon the Mountain West. I'm like I don't. Uh, he kind of came around after going through a few points here and there, but like again, SMU or not SMU, but Tulane and uh, UNLV, come on, or Tulane in that same division. Tulane, if you look at just the, the division comparison, you have a what, Tulane versus, say you do the worst, Tulane versus Utah State. Really? Come on. That's the worst the worst team you're going to pit up against in those divisions. It, it's a fun point, and I give the call. We're going to be better, but if you look closely at it, the West is better. Overall, I think the Mountain and the West Division, or the American West, they're com- comparable. Those are a similar thing with the Mountain West. The two, one division dominates the other. But I think that would be a fun matchup to see if we can get like Navy versus New Mexico, Tulsa versus Boise State, Houston. We already saw Houston San Diego State. That'd be pretty cool to see. But interesting stuff. We'll see how the season goes. We, I may start on our site uh, a little bit of a power rankings, like I've done years before, where rating ranking the uh, best chance or the likeliness of. Team X has zero losses. Or South Florida undefeated compared to South Florida one loss. Where would they be in the pecking order? Probably going to start that up. Probably do that every week now because that's fun stuff to do and you can always BS and who doesn't like rankings like that, those type of things where, hey, we're going to project out to 10 teams and see what you got. So that's a show for for today. A bonus episode should be out Sunday night, maybe Monday morning. It'll be in the newsletter as well. Subscribe to that. Again, uh, Twitter, MWC Wire, um, Facebook, same thing. Like our Facebook page. We only have like 80 likes because we had to make a new page. So like us there. Well, I know people like us on Twitter. Join our Fantasy League. That'll be so much fun. Hey, you could say you beat me if you think I know nothing. Sign up and beat me. It's only a couple bucks for some of these leagues we're doing. There's a little bit pricier one of uh, 25 bucks per month or $100 league. Hey, 
some people wanted to roll in the money, so we set up an option for that. So if you want to do that, check our Patreon page. Or if you heck, want to give us a buck a month, go for it. And just have fun. Season's almost here. Subscribe here. iTunes, uh, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher. Tune in. Subscribe to our show. Heck, and give us a retweet or share on Facebook if you like what we're listening. If you don't like, let us know as well because we want to want your feedback. We uh, are going to make a few changes coming up. Theme song, people said it's too long. Probably going to uh, make a few changes to that. Maybe uh, trim it up. Maybe have our good buddy Chris Andres make a new one. We'll see. I just know after an ad or two at the beginning, then the song, it's like two or three minutes before we actually get to the show. We're going to fix that up, and maybe we'll mix the uh, theme song in sometimes. Sometimes we won't. We'll we'll kind of work on it. We want to hear your feedback. We'll also do one thing we're going to do as well. I'll just announce it now. During the uh, season, we're going to make a little mini podcast where not the daily stuff I'm going to do probably mo- almost every day. I'm going to say at least four days a week. Because uh, Monday we'll have a big recap show, so you don't need to worry about that Sunday night, Monday. But what we're going to do, we're going to divide up the shows where, hey, when we're talking Air Force Michigan, there'll be one eight-minute segment. Whatever the segment may be will be its own podcast if you only want to listen to that show. So your feed might be be a little cluttered. So if you don't like that, let us know. Maybe we'll do some tweaks. But we're going to trim that out and kind of phase it in. Or not trim it out, but phase it in, I'll say. Because some people say they want that. Um, I, I just want to hear New Mexico stuff. I just want to hear Boise stuff. So if you don't want to hear me and Matt and whoever hop on and talk about every team, we will uh, trim out that part and uh, have our own little feed and podcast for us. So that's our show for today. Um, a little bit longer one, just with me and a call in there from the dailystampede.com. Definitely check them out. If you're a San Jose, especially San Jose State fans, um, we'll probably chat with them again down the road once it gets closer to the season for kind of a week one preview or something. But Again, thanks for listening to our show, and uh, we'll see you next time. And, of course, we're biased against your team.